0: Ladies and gentlemen, basketball fans across the world, welcome to another episode of the Basketball Podcast, the number one basketball history podcast of the Basketball Podcast Network, and we're number one because we're the only one. I'm Jeremy Brenner, the CEO of Basketball Nostalgia, and today we are rewinding back to the year 2016. What a great year this was and we're continuing our conversation about the 2016 national championship game between unc and villanova we are taking a detour back to college this week uh, for the basketball podcast uh, network and the Passable podcast kyle partain my good friend from college a ucf athletics alum is here with me kyle i know i asked you this about 35 minutes ago but how's it going
1: Oh, it's going great. I'd say it's it's going even better than it was 35 minutes ago. That's how hey, great
0: that that's a good sign. That means that <laughs> I've kept you entertained. So, if it, we talked for a lot of that 35 minutes about the events that led up to this national championship game, so if you haven't gone to check that out, be sure to go rewind to the previous episode of wherever you're listening to this podcast. It will help enhance this story i think and also if you haven't seen the highlights of the 2016 national championship game press pause and go check it out and this game kyle we described a little bit on the previous episode as the best college basketball game in in history yeah
1: i mean just the com- like how competitive the game was, the stakes on both sides, the storylines for both teams to get there, and then obviously the finish. Maybe, maybe one of the top three or four shots in March Madness history to cap off what was the best game in March Madness history. Yeah,
0: you know, when I think of March Madness, I think it's so crazy how March Madness is just privy to all of these insane clutch moments yeah it's it, that's what it's about at the end of the day when oh, yeah. i think of march madness i think of this game well that's that's why this is a little
1: uh fortune telling for all of you who watched the tournament this year just watch the opening credits roll for the first game i guarantee you you will see a flashback to either christian Leitner shooting in the elite eight or this game this shot against mm-hmm. uh, unc guarantee one of those two because they are such iconic moments in the sport of college basketball,
0: we could talk about, we could have a whole, like, you know, we could go on and on. We could do this. I could yeah. bring you back and we could talk about everything and anything for the whole month. Uh, and I might do that. So, um, but that's what's, I think, so cool about college basketball is they, they use nostalgia as a major selling point. Oh, yeah. And that, because and, I think that when it's your college, the, and that's what the appeal about college, college athletics is. Is it's more wholesome? It's yeah, you're more, not playing for like, money. You're playing for kind
1: of you're playing for something, not money. It's it, it is and there's there's a little bit of a of an appealing factor there to to audiences.
0: Yeah, well, I mean that too, but mostly just like I feel like people are attached. Like I guess if you will. So if we look at most like cities, right? Like if you're playing yeah. for. Like the, the Houston Rockets or, you know, no. Orlando Magic, whoever. You're like, that's the city. And you love yeah. your city. But, but there are, you know, North Carolina is, you know, Durham or not Durham, Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Chapel Hill, yeah. And there is a sense, like, these small towns, these college towns get this big stage to kind of show people who they are. And I think that that's kind of the appeal of a lot of college athletics, especially with March Madness, because you have a lot of these small schools that have these big moments and you can't help, but root for the underdog in a sense. And March Madness in a way is kind of the underdog story. And we can go back to so many different You know, you know, I we could go NC State over Houston. Uh, you know, there's just like Valparaiso, like middle Tennessee from this season, uh, in 2016. So there's just so much that comes into it, but. You know, this is also the two best teams. Like, yeah, we're not – you know, no, no Cinderella's are here. I wouldn't no, consider right. either of these teams a Cinderella, even though Syracuse was one win away from being in this position. And it had they won the tournament, they would have been the lowest seed to win yeah. March Madness. But we have Villanova and North Carolina, two teams that are experienced, experienced teams. They have various – you know, UNC has Marcus Page – Bryce Johnson, very talented duo, and Villanova has Jalen Brunson, this this very exciting freshman. But their their bread and butter comes with their seniors: Archie oh, yeah. Akinow, uh, you know Phil Booth, Daniel Ochefu. Like this team was extremely deep, and both of these teams were. And I think that is you know as we alluded to in the previous uh, previous episode. As to why the both of these teams are here right now,
1: yeah, we talk about, you know, you'll you'll hear me gush about Marcus Page and the senior leadership he brings. But you look at Archie Diacono and Ochefu, that's just as better, if not a little bit more on that level of experience, leadership, just the ability to I, it, it's just the experience of both teams. and you don't even it, it's it, it was truly one of those just teams. I, I can't say enough about the seniors on these teams, how much they meant to those programs and how those are the guys that carried these programs from not really a factor in the preseason, early season to the best two teams in the country. And it's not even that close.
0: Yeah. You know, when you get to the, we were talking about, I asked you in the, in the previous episode who you had winning this tournament and You know, you said you said Virginia, and I said Michigan State. You know, which is very similar uh, reasons as to why these two teams made it. So it's not really a huge surprise as to why these two teams made it. Now, let's but let's get into this game, okay? This game, April fourth, two thousand sixteen. We're rewinding back. Where were you, Kyle, watching this game?
1: I remember I was at home watching i i can I can even walk to the spot on the couch in that house where I was sitting, just watching the game. I could point to you the, the exact spot and i i remember i I just remember the whole night very well i I, I know where you were you're were in a
0: little bit more of a cool place than i was i I can't show you exactly where I was um, <laughs> but i was um I was in the building, y'all, I was at this game, and look, I have been to. I'm I'm very fortunate, and this might this might come across as this like, you know, prissy what like prissy <laughs> like very privileged person. I've been to the World Series. I've been to uh, NBA conference finals games. I've been to you know NFL games. I've been to you know the World Cup. I was at the World Cup. I've been to elite gate. I've been to college basketball games. This is the greatest sporting event I've ever been to and will ever go to. There is nothing that will top this except maybe like a hail mary at the Super Bowl kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Which I, hey, I, I, I have, I do have plans <laughs> to be at a Super Bowl someday. I don't know if I can control the fact that uh, it there better will be, be a be hail mary. Hail mary. But I'll say this: you know, I was able to go to the game with my brother, who was sixteen. At, I was I was seventeen, and my brother was fifteen. So, um, but my my family friend went five years before in Houston with her brother. And she's like, you know, I want you two to have the same experience. And so I was like, oh, thank you. But I remember that 2011 game. It was UConn and Butler. And Butler was the eighth seed at the time and UConn had Kemba Walker. That is maybe known as one of the worst championship games ever because Butler could not shoot you know, Just total uh, they could no show. get a fish out of the ocean kind of thing. Total no-show. But, so I was like, oh, when I when I got the tickets to the game, of course I'm going to take it. But yeah. I was like, going into it, I was kind of like, are we going to get the same <laughs> thing a little bit? Because <laughs> yeah. the final four games, UNC and Syracuse and Villanova and Oklahoma, were both blowouts. Yeah, they weren't good. And so I was a little bit concerned that there was going to be some kind of curse to this game. But... Little did I know what I was actually walking into when I got there. It was Energy Stadium. And Energy Stadium, if you haven't gone, one of the greatest venues, you know, in the country. It's just so massive. And I was sitting, you know, pretty high up. I wasn't, like, close to that. Like, I wasn't, you know, I don't have that rich friends. like I'm... <laughs> yeah. But I had to. I had, and I but I also wasn't in like the worst seat in the house either. Kind I was kind of
1: between the, the prime and the nosebleeds somewhere in the middle. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. So we go in and it, it's packed. And the first half happens, and it's you know, it's it's a pretty typical game. It's a close game. It's it's pretty back and forth. UNC looks to have the upper hand. And they have a five-point lead going to halftime. And I'm thinking, okay, this is gonna be a close game. It's probably gonna, you know, come down to the final couple of possessions, but I think that UNC is gonna take this. They just appeared to be a little bit more ready for the moment. And Villanova took a little bit of time. Like they just they looked a step behind. Yeah, if you will. Did it did it come across to you that way? Yeah, yeah. I, I thought you know,
1: you get to halftime. I, I thought the same. I was in the same position as you. I thought it was, you know, going to be, you know, last two or three minutes, still a, a two two possession game one. I still close, but North Carolina was going to find a way to pull it out. But boy, did Villanova come out swinging in the second half!
0: And swing <laughs> they did, yeah. So so Villanova is trailing by five going into this into the second half, but then they start to make a run. Uh, so they were they had a. With 15 minutes, 15 and a half minutes left in the second half, uh, North Carolina has a four-point lead. But then you start to see a bit of a turn in in the cards. So when it was 15 and a half minutes left, there was a four-point lead for North Carolina. And by the time it was, I think their largest lead, it, it was with nine minutes left. So they won like a basically a six and a half minute run where Villanova outscored UNC by 11. It was yeah. a 40 44 to 40 game, and then it was 55 to 48. So I, I'm not very good at math, but that's a 15 to 4 run. Yeah. A baby I am at math. That was that was pretty impressive. Oh, that was quick math, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so and then also, you know, UNC kind of Gets back into the game. They kind of go cold during this this run. They, they make it a three-point game with about seven minutes to go. But then Villanova goes on another run. Yeah. And they're up 10. They're up 10 with 5.30 to go. And I was at this point, I was like, okay. But I'll tell you this, Kyle. When I saw that it was a 10-point game, I was thinking, like, this game doesn't feel over. Oh, no, no. No. It felt far from it. And I told, you know, I will always remember this about this game. Because I was watching with my brother. And I, I go to him around this time of the game. I'm like, if UNC can get this to within two scores by a minute and a half, we have a game. And and what is that is exactly what happened.
1: <laughs> that is oh. exactly what
0: happened. So they went, it was a 10 point game. Joel Berry and Joel Berry was a big part of this, you know, comeback. Joel Berry sparked it. Yeah, Joel Berry. Joel Berry kind of sparked it. He had, I think, what uh, five points in this. In this point, I
1: I want to say, yeah, at least five, at Mm -hmm. least five.
0: And Marcus Page hits this corner three to make it a one possession game, and I was like, okay, like we have a game, and everything at this point kind of goes real slow yeah from this moment in the game onwards it's it's a it's a it's a minute 30 left but it feels like an hour and a half yeah in in real time like it's just it
1: man i can't even imagine the energy coming from those fans inside the stadium
0: like i just i just cannot
1: imagine being well
0: yeah because at this point when I was in when I was in the when I was in the stadium, I was thinking, okay, like we're about like this game is gonna be real, like we're gonna see something, like something's yeah. gonna happen, and like it's just, I get like I get like giddy talking about this because it's like <laughs> yeah, it's it is it, an unbelievable moment. Yeah, I mean, and, and what I really enjoyed about this is I didn't have a dog in the race. Yeah, I didn't have a dog in the fight, so that made it like super enjoyable. I'm sure if I was oh. UNC or if I was Villanova, I'd be, you know, uh, just number a two in, in the paint. Like, it'd yeah. be like I would, and there were a lot of people in the, in the stadium. Like, I was in a position, though, where, you know, because I guess the, like, When people, because we're in Houston, like, it's not like we're anywhere, like, there's no real geographic advantage here. So, but the UNC people have their corner, like the student section is still very far from me and Villanova student section is, is very far from me. So we're in a position where we're just hanging with a bunch of casuals, like, you know, we're just along for the ride. And, you know, at this point, so it's a three point game. They call the timeout. Villanova turns the ball over I'm thinking oh my god
1: just one of the most errant passes I've ever seen at yeah
0: and I was like Villanova's gonna blow this they're really gonna blow it like I was like this is gonna happen and Bryce Johnson uh makes it a one-point game they get a foul uh on the next position Villanova draws a foul Phil Booth who Super underrated in this game, Phil Booth. Yeah. Like the Villanova Wildcats, do not win this championship without Phil oh, Booth. No. Twenty points off the bench. She was the leading scorer for the for Villanova that night. Six of seven from the field and six of six yeah. from the free throw line, and very clutch free throws too. Yeah, I wouldn't make those free throws. Yeah, I wouldn't either. <laughs> I mean, but there's a reason you and I are yeah. in, exactly in our position talking about the basketball and not playing it. So. Um, Phil Booth hits the free throws, makes it a three-point game. Marcus Page goes on the next possession. He drives. And, like, he was the small – he was maybe the smallest person on the court. Yeah. And somehow, uh, with all of the size in there, I think Kennedy Meeks was out there, Bryce Johnson, like Ochefu, all of these guys that were by the rim, Marcus page pulls this rebound out. Yeah. And he goes right back and pulls and puts it back up. I was like, I still to this day
1: could God. not tell you how he made that rebound.
0: No, it, it's I, one of like, but honestly, it's, it was probably one of those things where it's like, it was destined to happen. Yeah. Because, well, I even
1: I even watched the replay just recently. And I still couldn't tell you how it ended up in his hands
0: because without any of these events happening, none of this happens. Yeah, yeah. It it literally, it, it could only go on this path. Yeah. It's not like, oh, well, if, you know, this if this shot didn't get, if ch- this shot wasn't made, this wouldn't have happened. Or no, if that no, shot no, wouldn't have happen that would have happened. You know, I guess maybe, like, if you take away, you know, if you take away, like, Phil Booth's free throws, <laughs> like, that does, I guess, change the game a little bit. Yeah. But... I don't know. Like, I, I don't think it does
1: actually. I don't think, I don't think, I think everything that had to happen to get to this point needed
0: to happen. If anything, yeah, because in a way, you know, and we still have two huge possessions to talk about, and, yeah. I'll, and I'll come back to my thoughts about this. Um, but yeah, Marcus Page makes the layup. It's a one point game. Uh, North Carolina needs to foul. They, they try to get a trap, which I thought was interesting. Um, I thought they just needed to, you know, get the foul and go. And they get that. Josh Hart sinks two very clutch free throws. And Villanova calls a timeout, which I was surprised. I, I didn't see why Villanova was calling a timeout. I, I, didn't, I, just, I didn't think
1: it was necessary.
0: No, because why would you give North Carolina a the free, time to
1: – Yeah, a free play, yeah, basically. Exactly.
0: I mean, at least let North
1: Carolina use the timeout, which I don't even know if they had timeouts. I, think, I, I believe point. North Carolina had one, because I believe okay. after this next possession they used theirs.
0: Mhm. So this shot that Marcus Page hits to tie the game it's akin do you remember um the, back in the Super Bowl when the Patriots played the Seahawks? Oh yeah. When when Jermaine Curse had that, you know, crazy like acrobatic one-handed catch from yeah. like a ricochet or something like that and yeah, it, it got, I'll, I'll that's what that was the play that got the Seahawks down to the one yeah this was this is this is the college basketball version of that play
1: (laughs) it's the most ridiculous shot i think i've ever seen
0: because okay i know you can't see this right now but if you watch the highlights you know what i'm talking about but marcus page goes he like pump fakes in (laughs) midair yeah and hits it and i'm like I'm I'm like holy expletive right now, and yeah. so is everyone else in the stadium. Everyone's like, okay, this one moment that we thought was going to happen, this was it. Like yeah. this was, and if and if this game ended up being like an overtime and like a fifteen point blowout in overtime, I still would have felt validated because of that. Yeah, 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 and even and it, look, it would have been a lot better if North Carolina had won. Um, and that, like, that moment would be the Chris Jenkins moment of this game. Yeah. And it's a shame that it isn't because Marcus Page, like, did that Because Chris, Chris Jenkins will, for the rest of his life, be remembered for this. Yeah. I don't know if Marcus Page will be always remembered for that shot, even though he should be. I don't think he will. The, the, it's the not line the same between winning and
1: losing, the The line between winning and losing the game makes such a big difference. Where the fact that you can do something like this, like w- w- you go back to NC State, right? Uh, back in back when they topped Houston, that mm-hmm. Ralph Sampson Virginia team in the Elite Eight, unbelievable season. I couldn't tell you a single play that Ralph made in that game. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell you. It's 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 what that's just
0: it's a the, part the iconic of plays. It's yeah. the nostalgia. It's what keeps Bryce Drew relevant for 25 yeah. years almost. Yeah, it's exactly. what keeps Christian Leitner, although Christian Leitner did a little bit more. But I think when you think of his career, that's what he's known for is, is that oh, shot. It,
1: you'd be hard-pressed to find someone that doesn't recognize that shot. Yeah. That follows his score, so, I
0: should say. So at this point, okay, so in the stadium, this is, I guess, a stadium story I can tell. We were given these, like, seat cushions. Right, in, in the shape of a basketball. So there were orange seat cushions that we were given. And I I remember when Marcus Page hit that shot, it was like it was snowing seat cushions. Cause people just threw the Mr. seat cushions Girl. in the air. You know how like in a in a hockey game where it's like where they where they have a hat trick and you throw the hats in the air? Yeah. That's what this was, except on a much grander scale in a football stadium. Yeah. And, you know, people are just throwing orange seat cushions everywhere. And I was like, I don't know if I want to throw this because this might go for a real good price on eBay. Yeah. Today. So I was thinking, like, I don't know. I don't even remember if I threw mine or not. Well, I don't I just have it anymore, people. so I'm thinking that I did. But I was thinking because we were in the upper seats. I was like, poor people. tumble. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) because I mean, hey, the law of gravity, it's got to go somewhere. So just getting hammered with these seat cushions. Yeah, I mean, so I'm sure someone that was at that game will tell you that story of, you know, getting hit pelted by seat cushions (laughs) after Marcus Page just hit, you know, the most improbable shot in maybe the history of Mark Madness. But that, you know, isn't what makes this game memorable. At least it's not what. People w- will think of this game, yeah, because of what happened next. Oh, man. And okay, so we're in the age of phones, and I'm I'm thinking like I gotta I gotta record this. So I'm record. So I'm at the stadium, but I'm looking at it through my phone, phone as well. <laughs> and I'll tell you this, Kyle. I knew that shot was going in when Archie note. Crossed half-court. Yeah. And I guess other people did, too. Because I just, you know, what made this play so perfect was, like, it just didn't, it wasn't too forced.
1: Oh, it was, it It was the flow of that play was so perfect.
0: It felt so natural. It didn't feel like a last-second. It wasn't a desperate, it didn't feel like a desperation shot. Yeah. Well, I think part of that had to do with the fact that Villanova was tied. Like, it was a tie game. Worst case scenario, I guess it gets stolen and, you know, North Carolina heaves a half-court shot, which we've seen in this tournament already. It it, it can happen. It can happen. I mean, so I guess the worst case scenario is you go to overtime. So I think that, you know, because we talk about how, Every moment led to the next. And without this very specific sequence of events, the outcome is far different. So I think, you know, if Villeneuve was down one, I don't know if they would have made this play.
1: I, I, think, I think there's a lot more pressure. Well, obviously, I know there's a lot more pressure. And you're probably not getting the same shot. You're probably not getting the same play design.
0: Yeah. I don't know how... Because I think North Carolina had they known, like, I mean, to me, if I'm if there's seven seconds left on the clock, and I know that I'm, if I don't let this go in in seven seconds, I'm gonna win the national championship. I'm gonna play better defense than North Carolina in that position. Um, Jenkins, I just I just don't know don't know how he gets so open. I don't know how they played so like lax on that last possession.
1: I, I they I don't know if they just assumed it was gonna miss. I, I I don't know what the deal was, but there was no defense. There was no defense at all. It was just
0: it, it was just not what you would expect from North Carolina. And it's not yeah. what you would expect from Roy Williams. It was yeah, just yeah. not it was very uncharacteristic. Especially from what we had seen all game and the they whole had, the whole you know, tournament before. Five minutes ago they were down ten. Yeah. So they had they had played with this super high intensity the last five minutes of this game. And they probably like, shouldn't have been in this position, to be fair. You know, that Mark's yes. page shot, you know, the last two shots that he made probably should not have happened. But yeah. you're in this position. You have a chance to, you know, still win this game in, in overtime potentially, but you gotta get a stop here. And you know, shout out to Chris Jenkins. Cause
1: made the Chris shot. Jenkins,
0: he got to hit the shot when it matters. And he did when it mattered that that's honestly like such an important part, not just about basketball, but about life, like showing up when it matters, when you, need to. when you need to. And Chris Jenkins will always for the rest of his life be known for that. Yeah. Showing up when you need to. And that's such a, such a boss way to be like, that's Can a you, great I, legacy to have. I can't even imagine Like, me being there has a sense, like, that is my life achievement. (laughs) (laughs) That's the greatest thing. So, I can't imagine what it's like for Chris Jenkins or for any of the Villanova Wildcats who were part of this, you know, improbable run. I mean, you say,
1: you you, you talk about Cloud 9. I I, I can't even imagine it's close to that. It's got to be so much better than being on Cloud 9. If you're in that position, like for these guys from Villanova. Well, I felt
0: like I was on cloud. Yeah, that's
1: what I'm saying. It, I was it's
0: like, got to be. I, I, I mean, I, you can't, I just you can't process. It. Yeah. And like, I don't want to diminish what you felt in that moment. Oh, yeah. But that's to what's so. There. Yeah. To, to, to witness something with your eyes yeah. in person. And that's something that we haven't had over the past year with, with the pandemic and everything. And I think that's what might be lacked. Like, I'll say this. I know it's not on the same scale. But we looked at, I mean, earlier this week, there before they tested positive for COVID, Virginia hit that game winner against Syracuse. Yeah. And it was a conference tournament game. Like, obviously not on the same scale as this game. But it was still a buzzer beater in a major game. Big time moment. It felt like... Nothing, almost, because there was no one there to celebrate or barely anybody. There's no energy. Yeah, and I think that is what the appeal of college is, college athletics, is is there's this sense of excitement that is not necessarily better or worse than professional sports, but it's different. It's a different brand. And I think it's like super – it's just super rare. You know, to to get something that, that inspiring, like it's, it's inspiring. It's, that's, that's the only word I can really find to describe this is, and I felt inspired in that moment. Yeah. Like I felt a lot of things, but that's probably the one thing that comes to mind the most is, is just this sense of like, wow. Yeah. Like that,
1: that really just happened
0: yeah and you know i I had to like sit back in my chair, just like sit and process everything that happened in this game. yeah, and I, I'm in st- in some in some cases, five years later, I'm still processing it it's it it, it was truly that incredible of a game
1: like it mm-hmm. it's that unbelievable.
0: It's why you should be a fan of college basketball,
1: yeah i i if 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 i was trying to make someone or not make someone if i was trying to convince someone to watch college basketball this is the game or i say watch this under like if you if you don't enjoy this you're just not destined you're just not you just don't enjoy college you you just
0: don't enjoy you know life (laughs) (laughs) yeah you don't enjoy college you're just
1: just, you're just you're just boring i don't know yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) but and looking back at this you know Villanova was able to take this team and build off of it. You know they were the number one overall seed in 2017. They were the national champions again in 2018. Two years later, this this group built something even more. Yeah. North Carolina has not had the same level of success since this point.
1: 2017 being the only exception. Yeah.
0: Yes. I mean, yeah. 2017. They they did redeem themselves, I guess. You know, I guess yeah. that's a big detail that I left out. But yeah, sure. They do get but it in 2017. Marcus which, Page didn't get his redemption. So there's yeah, Mark, that's the interesting yeah. thing for him. And that might be that might be the worst part about this whole thing is Marcus Page, yeah. who's probably the most deserving person to win a championship, wasn't able to do so. But really it, yeah. yeah, 2017 was UNC's year, which is interesting because I, I like how they kind of I guess Got redemption, but I'm thinking like now, like last year they weren't in the tournament. North like Carolina,
1: last you you mean two years? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that yeah, was... 2019. Two years ago they lost to Auburn, Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, yeah, but 2020 they
0: weren't. A 2020 team. they, like they, they weren't were going not
1: going to be. They were not going to be in tournament. Yeah, team. and they're but a bubble team that just just better than a bubble team this year.
0: Just better than a bubble team. Yeah, that that's what I was thinking when I'm thinking of like
1: got gotcha, you got gotcha. you
0: day. I guess, but. You know, UNC as a program, they obviously they, they have so much history that this isn't really like a footnote. Th- like, had they won this game, I don't know if this would have like replaced or you know updated any of their legacies beforehand. Like, I don't think the 2017 game really updated their legacy as a program.
1: Right, no, their meant legacy is players a- in the program.
0: yeah villanova such a rich history that their their program is already built like they don't really have anything uh, to really improve whereas villanova i think this was a legacy building moment for the program
1: it was it was defining because again we've we've talked about it going into this going into this game this whole tournament villanova had this negative perception about them in in the postseason and uh you look at what they've done since. They've won another national championship. They've been highly, highly regarded. People pick them constantly to not only make it far, but to win tournaments because yeah. they're no longer seen as this, the, to your point, this bridesmaid program. This is, a t- this is a program. This is now officially, I would consider Villanova to be a blue blood.
0: They, they earn their blue blood. Yeah. They yeah, earn that yeah, blue kind of, That's
1: what that kind of moment can do for a program like
0: Villanova. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. history, but there's also the talent now. Because mm-hmm. every program is history, yeah. But if you do something with it, that's when that's when you're taken seriously, almost. Yeah. And Jay Wright has a and Jay Wright's you know a Hall of Famer. I think. Oh, I, he's he,
1: he's maybe top five coach in all college uh, basketball right now. Mm-hmm. It, it it's. It, it, it was it was an unbelievable moment for their program that honestly deserved it. Villanova, mm-hmm. after after what they had dealt with their previous seasons, previous tournaments, that just the the lot way of people looked at them back. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's the 2016. You know, we were that's the 2016 national championship, y'all, as as told by Jeremy Brenner and Kyle Partain. But there's so many other stories that we could discuss and I'm probably gonna bring you back at some point later in the month. So maybe by national championship season we can uh All maybe look it. back into another one. But um let's kind of talk about this current season, oh. this this current March Madness. So here we go. Obviously we we as of right now don't know what the brackets look like. Right. By the time this goes out, the brackets will be known. Um yeah. so list to me team look how about four teams, your final four that and And out of the final four, pick one that is a bit of an unconventional pick that you wouldn't that isn't expected, but you wouldn't be surprised if they were there in the final four
1: all right. Well, I, I would feel personally like, and I feel like most people who follow college basketball would kind of think of them as themselves as fools if they don't take Gonzaga Baylor. Those two are those are final four programs this season. Gonzaga and Baylor likely, very likely final four teams. And then it's hard for me to imagine the Big Ten not getting someone in the Final Four. And I've gone back and forth about this, but I really like the way Illinois is playing right now. I'm probably going to bring Illinois to the Final Four. And then if you want someone a little bit more unconventional, keep your eyes on Oklahoma State. They played really well without Cade Cunningham. And now with Cade Cunningham, this team reminds me of UConn with Kemba, UConn with Shabazz Napier, even to a lesser extent Scotty Wilbekin with UF this is a kind of just the kind of team with the kind of talent and the kind of superstar that can make a run as an unconventional three or four seed. Yeah.
0: You know, you, the one thing I hope with this tournament, obviously I I don't know if this tournament is going to be the most exciting tournament that we've seen. I I feel like I kind of agree with you where it does kind of feel like Gonzaga, Baylor, Illinois are kind of, the three best teams and then it's kind of everyone else. So it wouldn't surprise me if we see multiple one seeds in the final four. And I think not having fans will definitely impact how it'll
1: be a negative negative impact for sure.
0: But you know, I guess kind of lost my train of thought there, but what I'm kind of looking for is just exciting basketball. Like, that's what I'm looking forward to. Close and, games. That's all you need. And look, we didn't get it last year. So, what I hope personally is that COVID doesn't impact this tournament as as I, it could.
1: I, I I completely agree.
0: As long to me, if if you can run a tournament where none of the teams are forced to drop out because of COVID issues or anything like that. I think that's, that's a successful tournament. And I, I hope that that's where it is. I'm not sure if we can get that, especially with how much COVID has changed and altered this season already. And, but I will say this though, with COVID impacting almost every conference and every program under the sun, it Do you think that it might like alter, you know, people's perceptions about how these teams are actually playing? Like, is there enough of a sample size there that can showcase these teams? Is Are we more likely to see upsets because of this? I think you're more likely to see upsets in the first round
1: of non-contending pro- teams. Like Virginia is very likely to being upset in the first round. Teams like Alabama are very, very prone, susceptible to being upset in the first round. You look at like the four to six range for seeds. That's where you're going to see a lot of upsets. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure we're going to get a whole lot of one through three seeds getting upset. I just, I just think the talent level this year, as 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 well as the time off that certain teams have had, the time to practice that certain teams have had an edge on. There's just, there's so many factors that are not beneficial. To getting it uh, to letting these Cinderellas gain momentum and gain traction late in the year. There's there's just too many factors and too many question marks to really want to go against those top three seeds.
0: Yeah. But I'll tell you this. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Oh, it's it should I, be. I think fun. you know, I haven't really been as enthralled about this, the season and usually when Mar- like usually I get that March Madness fever about four to six weeks out yeah and i didn't really get that this year until about the beginning of march yeah but now that it's like here here oh, it's, it's time I, i'm in i'm in i'm in the fever i'm in the march band of the fever so i'm glad we were able to and talking to you for an hour plus about this wonderful game uh, has definitely gotten me more in the mood. So, Kyle, thank you so much for coming on to the Passable Podcast and look forward to having you soon. Oh, absolutely. It was a blast. It was a
1: blast. Yeah. To be
0: back soon. So, thank you so much to Kyle. Thank you so much to everyone who listened to this episode of the Passable Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Basketball. That's P A S T K E T Ball. You can also follow the Basketball Podcast Network on Twitter and Instagram at Hoops Pod Be sure to subscribe and download the podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. We go live every Tuesday and Wednesday and be on the lookout for a very special project. I am showcasing where I take the NBA 2K video game, bring it back to the year 2000 and let the league work on its own, creating an alternate timeline. And I'll provide commentary throughout each season. Uh, we'll, We'll break it down and, kind of see if history repeats itself it's you know i've I've done the project now off air about once twice maybe three times and i'll tell you like it's definitely worth watching so uh keep an eye out for that hopefully coming to you guys soon around end of march early april so yeah keep, keep stay tuned to the passable podcast and uh we'll see you guys next week until next time rewind and be kind